Jesus, being in his very nature God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Having been found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Last week, Tom Kay shared that scripture as an illustration of the kind of humility that Jesus had. God coming down as a man. For quite a while, we've been going over this question, who is God? We've been examining different aspects of who he is, his character, his nature. And last week specifically, Tom Kay was talking about how he is completely God and completely man. We're focusing on the fact that he is God. This week we're going to focus on he is man. 100%. His true humanity. We're just going to walk through a few verses in the Bible that illustrate this, and then we're going to look at a particular promise he made as a man that he is able to fulfill as God that can completely change our lives if we trust him. Jesus is God with us. He is God and he walked with us. So we're going to go first to Matthew 8. The context of this is Jesus has just finished serving a lot of people. He's just finished teaching. He's just finished answering a lot of questions. He's just finished healing a lot of people. And then the crowd starts to press in more and more around him. And when he sees that, he gives orders to get into a boat with his disciples, just him and his disciples. So when he gets into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being covered with the waves. But Jesus himself was asleep. And they, his disciples, came to him and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord! We're perishing! <laughs> and woke him up. I figured it would help to wake you guys up. <laughs> Just in case. So this is the situation. They're in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, which is a relatively small body of water that was prone to, for various geological reasons, sudden and violent storms. While they're in the middle of that sea, Jesus falls asleep because he's tired. Have any of you been tired enough to sleep through a storm like that? <clears throat> I know I've been, I haven't had to sleep through a storm on a boat with everyone panicking, panicking around me, but I've definitely been really, really tired. Um, back before Amanda and I were married, we, would, we, we had a long distance relationship, and so we would talk on the phone a lot. A lot of times in the evening, she was an hour behind me, and I also had to get up early in the morning to go to work. Um, and quite often, we would end up talking way later than I really should be. And there were nights where it got late enough, and I was tired enough because of having stayed up late the night before, where I would just start to hallucinate things. Like, I was so tired that my brain was, was making things happen that weren't actually happening. And then Amanda would be like, what did you just say? That doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm responding to... Something else. Like, I just, I'm out of it. I need to go to sleep. Um, 
So that was a thing uh, for a while. But I understand, as a human, what it feels like to be tired. So the next one is something I think that a lot of us can really identify with. Jesus, the context is a leper, a person with a uh, skin disease that can ultimately prove fatal and completely cuts you off from society because it's dangerous and it can apparently spread, basically. Um, comes to Jesus and says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I am willing. Be clean. And the man is healed. And then he says to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the news around to such an extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city, but stayed out in unpopulated areas, and they were coming to him from everywhere. Jesus, who, remember, is completely God, heals this guy, and then says, don't tell anyone, because it's going to make my ministry difficult right now. The guy goes, probably just because he's really excited. Uh, this isn't a commentary on whether this guy disobeyed and was a terrible thing to do. He was just excited. He went out, went out and he told people. But it made Jesus' job more difficult at this point. How many of you have been in a situation where you know, you know the right thing, you know what you're trying to do, or you're trying to convey some important information to someone, and they are just not listening? Show of hands. Who's been in that situation? Do you have children? <laughs> Do you have friends? Do you have coworkers? Yes, we've all been in this situation. We can, we can understand the frustration that comes with that. As a man, just because Jesus told someone something did not mean that they did it, just because he was God. And he had to deal with that. This next one is incredibly profound. I am thirsty, Jesus says in John 19. He's on the cross as a man, held to it with nails. His skin has been flayed off his body. And he says, I am thirsty. Now, we've all been thirsty. I don't even like water that much, but when I come in from a hot day or just I haven't had water in too long, it's the best thing I've ever tasted. It, it gives life. That's what it feels like. And Jesus is described in the Bible, both in prophecy and by himself, that he is living water. To help us understand, I'm going to ask this question. What did God create first? Just shout it out. What did God create first? Light. Light. You'd think that, because that's the first thing he said, let there be. And I'm not picking on you at all, Ed. Like, thank you. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is before he said, let there be light. And the earth was formless and void. The Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. 
water. God later had to bring land out of the water, which means even before he said, let there be light, which is the next thing he said, there was water. God made water. John chapter 1 tells us that through Jesus, everything was made. Jesus, as God, made water. And here he is on the cross saying, I am thirsty. The creator of everything is reduced to asking for a drink. Now we can't understand thirst on that level. But this is about showing us how he can understand what we go through. When we are just physically thirsty, he knows. He knows because he was 100% man. Another thing is, um, Jesus has passions. He has emotions. He felt more deeply, frankly, than we ever will. But he had these feelings. He didn't just come to earth to do a plan, A, B, C, done. He came with a passion. And this story illustrates one of those particular passions he has. The disciples come to him, they're arguing about who's greater in the kingdom of heaven, and they come to him and they ask him, because, you know, at least they knew he would know, right? That's a step. Um, and he takes a child who is in the crowd, and he puts him before them and says, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So he's speaking in general terms. He's using a child as an example of who they ought to be, which is wild for their culture. But then he gets more particular, and he starts talking specifically about children. He says, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. And he goes on and he talks and he, he, he makes another application about comparing us to children, but then he finishes again by speaking specifically of children. He says that their angel in heaven continually sees the face of my father who is in heaven. Do not despise one of these little ones. It is not the will of your father in heaven that one of these little ones perish. Jesus had a particular passion for people who were unrepresented, for people who were undefended, and particularly for children. We all know what it's like to have a passion, to feel, and so did Jesus. While he was on this earth, finally, it's Christmas, right? How many times have we heard through our lives, God came as a baby. He came to us as a little child. We're talking about the physical limitations that Jesus had to show he was 100% man. Do you want to talk about a physical limitation? Try me in that bit. Like, let me ask you, 
How many babies do you think you could take in a fight? <laughs> That's not a rhetorical question. How many babies do you think you could take in a fight? Angela, how many babies do you think you could take in a fight? A lot. Like, maybe, maybe if you had a thousand babies in some sort of avalanche, they could take you down. Well, what's the point is babies can't do anything. They can't. You know, Tom K. Tom K., whenever I'm preparing a message, says, what's your big idea? What do you want people to go home with? That is 100% what I want you to go home with. How many babies can I take? <laughs> Tom K, I'm free on Tuesday if you want to take me out to coffee. <laughs> um, I'll connect that to something because I guarantee, I'm joking, but that's what you'll remember. So I'll connect it to something for you. <laughs> Jesus is a baby. It says in the word that, uh, what, sorry, the context for this is an angel comes to Joseph and says, take Mary as your wife. The child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit and she shall bear a son and you and they shall call his name he's quoting the prophet isaiah they shall call his name emmanuel a title for jesus which means god with us as a baby babies can't do anything god needed mary and joseph to feed him he needed mary and joseph to clean him when he pooped himself jesus pooped himself That's a physical limitation that he subjected himself to so that he could show us and we could connect with him in that way. What does that mean for us, really? Where does that see us? In the middle of his ministry, Jesus gives us a promise. And this is the promise that if we really understand it, can change how we live. He starts out by saying, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son, that's Jesus, but the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Now, if we stop there, this would be kind of terrifying. Who, who, does, who does Jesus want to reveal him? It's completely arbitrary. It's like, oh, he reveals it to you, but not to me. That's not where he stops. Here's the promise. Immediately after this, he says, come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light why is this so profound because we get that God can say this right that makes sense God can say that Jesus said this while he was on this earth before he went to the cross, knowing the pain and the suffering that he was going to go through, he said to us, while I'm carrying all this, you can still bring your burdens to me. All these verses, and there are a bunch more, and I'll, I'll try to get the, the other ones that I had to cut out um, to the notes for the website. 
They show that Jesus is 100% man and understands how we feel. He understands passion. He understands pain. And in that, he says, I'll take it all. I'll take more. That's his message of peace. Come to me. His burdens are infinitely greater. But he still says, come. Now, what can our burdens be? Our burdens can be, they can be fear. Fear of God and not the good kind. Fear that God hates me because I have messed up too much. Or because, of course, he hates me. He's God. And look at me. That's a fear. And Jesus says, bring that to me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you'll find rest. Another burden could be anger. Maybe we, we get God, but he lets something happen to us or to someone dear to us. Pain because of that. Jesus says, come to me. Learn from me. Let me teach you. You will understand. Big, big burden. Self-worth. Our identity. Who we are. In this, in this age, in this day, and frankly throughout history, people have been searching for an identity. Who I am, my purpose. And we look for it in the people around us. We look, at, we look for it in, in what we like to do, what we're interested in, our passions. We try and find our identity. We try and find identity in our sexuality. And, and these things become such a core part of who we are that if anyone dares challenge us on this, they, we feel like they are telling us that we're not a human being. But Jesus is saying, bring all this to me. Elsewhere in Matthew, he says, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. And the word life is actually suke, Greek, psyche. Who we are, our soul, our identity, our worth. He says, I have that for you. And he says, take my yoke upon you. And he's not, not saying, you know, take the yoke that I'm carrying, because he carries that. He's saying, the yoke that I have for you is so much lighter. You don't have to figure out who you are. I know. I made you. It, it doesn't matter what you're drawn to. It doesn't matter who you're attracted to. Let me correct you and show you the way to the Father. There are four aspects about this promise that we're going to cover, and then we're going to close up. First, it is universal, it is exclusive, it is free, and it is final. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. This is a universal offer to everyone to come to him. If you are weary and heavy laden, spoiler, we all are. Really, the question is, do you realize it? But if you are weary and heavy laden and you recognize that you can't carry that weight anymore, you can go to him and he will reveal himself. He will reveal the Father to you. It is exclusive. It is universal, but it is exclusive. That is, you must go through him. 
Remember what he said earlier. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows him except me and anyone to to whom I will to reveal him. You cannot get to God without dealing with Jesus, which makes sense because he's God. He is the only way. He is the only source of truth, the only source of life, the only source of true identity, the only source of worth. It is universal for everyone who comes. It is exclusive only through him, and it is free. I will give you rest. It is a gift. It is not something that we come and we work hard for. It is not something that we get because we try harder. It is something that he gives us simply because we come and we say, I can't carry this. I feel that. I am a Christian. I believe in Jesus. And I came and I gave my burdens to him. But I still have to give my burdens to him. We all feel weight. And we all feel ourselves reaching to grasp it and pull it back because we're apparently more trustworthy than he is or something. Just let him carry it. It is final. It is universal for everyone who comes. It is exclusive only through him. It is free. It is a gift. It is final. I will give you rest. He gives us a burden which is so much lighter. In this life, it can be hard to be a Christian. It can be hard to get through this life. This doesn't mean that our life is easier when we come to Jesus. What it means is that the burdens we do have, we have him carrying them with us. But we don't have to struggle to figure out who we are. We don't have to struggle to figure out why. We can just trust him. And we have rest. But it is final because in eternity, at the end of all things, Our soul is in his hands. When he was on that cross, when he was saying, I am thirsty, he was saying, come to me, and I will carry the weight of your sin, which is the ultimate burden. What separates us from God, he said, bring that to me. It's not a barrier. It's something that we give to him, and we get him in return. Matthew Henry has a quote on this, which really sums up what this means and what this can mean to us. I actually can't read that from back here, so I'll step aside and I'll read it from up here. The truths Christ teaches are such as we may bet our very souls upon. The affections find rest in the love of God and Jesus Christ, which gives them an abundant satisfaction, quietness, and assurance forever. And those satisfactions will be perfected and perpetuated in heaven, where we shall see and enjoy God immediately, shall see him as he is, and enjoy him as he is ours. This Rest is to be had with Christ for all those who come to him. If you have burdens, whether the burden is is sin, 
what separates you from God and you want to come to Christ for the first time, or you just have sin in your life, you are a believer, but you're struggling, or you're trying to figure out who you are, you're trying to figure out anything. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Go home with this one in your mind. I'm going to pray, and you can pray with me. Here's your opportunity to take this promise. 100% man saying, come to me. This is the hope that we have because of Jesus. Lord, thank you so much for coming as a baby, for growing into a child, for being dependent, for being humbled. Thank you for growing into a man that, that showed us how to be human beings and then gave us the opportunity through your carrying our burden of sin on the cross to come to you. Lord, we have sin. Thank you for dying for me. Me, personally. Thank you for dying. Thank you for rising again. Please take my burden and show me who you are.